Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adults podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor. My co-host is Chris Johnson. We are glad that you took these uh, 15, 20 minutes to just to join us for this podcast today as we talk through one of the studies. Joining Chris and I today is one of my favorite people. No offense, Chris, but he's one of my favorite people, and, and that is Darren Clark. Uh, Darren, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Now, uh, the reason I'm excited is Darren is the graphic design specialist for all our Bible Studies for Life pro- uh, products. He, uh, he just kind of runs herd over all the designers, and he keeps his hand on this. Now, Darren, you in particular work on our uh, young adult resource, correct? Yeah. Right. So Darren's background is graphic design. Uh, I joke with him. That means he has the the, uh, the box of 64 crayons, not like the rest <laughs> of us. And uh, so Darren, how long have you been doing graphic design for LifeWay Christian Resources? Well, LifeWay, it's coming on 13 years, I believe. I think I'm in my 13th year in October will be 13. So, um, but I've been doing graphic design beyond that for about almost, gosh, almost 25, 26 years, somewhere around there. Are you so. really that old? Come on now! Wow. Don't be don't be exposing me on this podcast. <laughs> That's great. I uh, and if you've ever used uh, if you've ever used the Gospel Project, Explore the Bible, and of course Bible Series for Life, the whole look of those resources. That's Darren's doing. Uh, he ran herd on that. And I just, uh, Darren, I guess it was probably 10, 11 years ago, my first encounter with you. And I sat in a meeting where we were designing and I thought, wow, this guy knows what he's doing. He really does deserve the box of 64 crayons. <laughs> so, um, so. so I've worked with Darren for a long time. And one of the things that uh, aligns Lynn with what you've just described is that uh, Darren, uh, really works to understand the content and what we're trying to get at. So, and then he creates the graphic elements that align with that. So an example of that is we're going to be looking at the the study. Why do I need the church? And the focus of this week is we strengthen one another is the, is the title. So there's a, there is a, an icebreaker question each week that is asked uh, or encouraged the group to ask. And so as uh, content editors, we get together and we choose questions for our age group. So uh, the question that we're looking at today is when has someone showed that they really had your back? The graphic designer then creates an image that aligns with that icebreaker question that we hope will stimulate conversation. And Darren has just always done a fantastic job of helping us to find those kind of images that create that conversation that we're looking for in Bible studies for life. Yeah, it helps create a story. Or it makes me want to tell a story. Uh, Chris, Chris, and I often will sit in the room with the other editors, and we we craft these questions. And we realize sometimes the way a question's crafted, someone could could, could just jump on the um, well. Who's someone who's always got your back? Jesus. Which, which, which that's a good answer. But this is an icebreaker. We want it to be just to tell a story to uh, be a little lighthearted with us. The graphic designer will always help us tell that story. So that we just don't get spiritual yet. It helps us to just think through other people. We've had our, had our back on that. So, Hey, Chris, thanks for bringing that out. So what we're doing in this study is uh, uh, this particular session is we're going to talk about, we strengthen one another to live as God desires. Now, as I said, this study is, uh, it's about why do we need the church? 
and there is an emphasis to remind folks, us, as those of us who are believers, we've been in the church a long time, to remind us that the benefit of the church is what Christ does through me, for me, through other believers, that I'm strengthened. So to get there, we're going to be in Ephesians 5, uh, kind of looking at the last half of the book, uh, the chapter. So let me just look at Ephesians 5. I love verse 8. For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. So one of the discussion questions that's interesting is just to ask the people in your group, what are some ways our culture calls the light darkness and the darkness the light? So it, it gives us a way to talk about um, the meaning of this passage in our context. And I like how the, the writer here challenges to think about the, the, the challenge of, of living in, as light of the Lord in this world that we live in. We face opposition. Sometimes we face, uh, we, well, we face the temptation from the inside, from our own hearts, but we also face temptation from the outside, from a sinful world. Now, the key we want to remember this is, this passage looks like it's talking about me and my walk, and it is. But do we are to help each other as believers, as the body of Christ, to stand together? Well, and, and part of that is standing against uh, the sinful ways of the world. So um, I think that it was, it's beneficial for us to to make clear that there is a dichotomy, there's a difference between um, the mindset of the people in the church and and the, what the world uh, focuses on. Yeah, I agree with that too, because I think that's one of the things that's for me, just personally, that's really stood out a lot in like teaching that I've either seen at church or in small groups that we do um, is just really is because I'm really always conscious of like, what is the outside observer's perspective and i think a lot of times when you we are having this discussion at home the other day it was like we're watching obviously church online and the you know the message was you know how what what perspective are you looking at this or listening to this message from a as a child of light a, a christ follower and it's edification for you as a as a believer versus like hey what if you you're at church and somebody's watching this and listening to this and you know they're coming from that perspective that um you know, they're a non-believer, but they're trying to, you know, they're seeking God. And I think it's always so, it's, it's, so the thing that's really stood out to me is like, man, we really got to make sure we're clear about like who we're direct, who this is directed towards. Um, because, you know, there's, you know, somebody who's, who's lost, who's in the darkness, as this is talking about, sometimes like when the Bible says, it's like, you can't understand things, some of the things of the word, because, you know, you've not been, you know, born again. And right. so, and so it's, I think it's so awesome to, to make that, that contrast there like Chris did because it helps to, you know, the, the common person to understand in order to be, you know, drawn to the light. And I think that's why I love this passage is this, that contrast of light and dark and, and, you know, again, like you said it before, as a designer and a visual person, you know, I always pick up on that kind of stuff in, in passages where Jesus is, you know, when he uses these different analogies and things like, you know, the vine and the, the agricultural things and the things that he uses to help people in their, their context of that day to understand these, these, um, these truths. Um, it's, it's so, it's so cool, but I just, I love the light and dark aspect of it because you're either in the light or you're in the dark and then knowing who you're talking to, whether they're in the light or the dark is a huge thing. I think. 
Yes. Uh, I appreciate the, go ahead, Lynn. Well, I just, as we think about how we help each other, we strengthen each other, uh, this idea that I'm in the light, I'm not in the dark. The idea is that we help each other to stand in the light. We, we help each other to shine the light of Christ. That's important. Yeah, one of the things that Paul does here is he answers the question that we're raising in verses 9 and following. He says, that for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then we are to test what is pleasing to the Lord so that we don't participate in fruitless works of darkness. So um, it's, it's really intriguing in this passage how the questions that we raise and are, are thinking about um, that Scripture speaks directly to uh, the answers to those questions. Sure. When we get into verses 16 and 17, uh, Paul, we're going to want to continue this thought where he says, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And here we see this idea that as we strengthen and help each other, we really need to help each other to be wise with our time. So it's interesting to me that um, that whole idea, I think it would be interesting to ask people if there are uh, things that are going, things that they do or that there are a waste of time for them or what are, what are the things that just seem to take a lot of time or that cause you to feel like you're just, you're just spinning the wheels and, and, and wasting time. Um, I especially think in light of what we've been through in the recent past with the COVID deal where we've all of a sudden, because of, of, of being quarantined, we're, we've got all of this time on our hands to do the things that, uh, you know, we always said, if I had time, I would do this. And it's just, it, it, it's just been interesting to see how that's played out in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's, we've had, oh my gosh, we've had so much time. It's, it's crazy. It's, but it's awesome though. I mean, I've loved it. Um, we haven't had too much cabin fever, but you know, there has been a lot of good time just actually being able to read the scriptures more and just not having being rushed even to read it. And so, you know, like one of the things and we're talking here about like how we're to live, like why is not foolish. And one of the things that I see over and over in scripture that just screams to me right now. And I think it's probably just because God said, you better do this. But I think it's obviously for all of us, but you know, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so, and we're talking about how we live as children of light. It's like, you know, it's really simple. I mean, we did, it's not some like this really out there thing we can't obtain. It's like, we just, you know, we read the scriptures, we know how we should live and, and we should, would should want to do that because of our love for him. And, and so that's, what's been a real challenge. I think for me is just like, gosh, where am I not obeying him? Where am I, where and you, like when you talk about like when you during this time where we've had a lot of time to reflect, you know, through the quarantining and all this kind of stuff, the the ideas of like what things do I need to strip away like it talks in Hebrews like what what is hindering me from truly living and because when you see scripture too you know over and again this is one of the things I see over and over recently is like how it's all your you know you know love the Lord God with all your heart it's like this all in kind of a call and so where do I need to be all in in obedience you know and then to me it's like you know me as a child of God living in the light you know, is my life on a dimmer switch or is <laughs> my life either on or off? You know, yeah. it's the whole, like, cause to me, it's like, when you see it in scripture, it's like, 
all, all your heart, you know, love the Lord, seek the Lord with all your heart. You'll find him all these things. It's like all your heart. So it's almost, almost like, like the, the hot or cold thing. It's like you're, you're on or you're off. You know, when we do dim because we do walk away. Sometimes we allow things to distractions to come in and divert our, our worship and, you know, priority to God. But it's like, I don't want to be on a dimmer switch anymore. I want to have, <laughs> I want it to be on, you know, because this dark world does need to see a bright light. Cause then that, you know, that, the that bright light expels all the darkness. It's, you know, so again, that's again, the language of his words is so powerful. Sure. This is what the Lord's will is. That's, that's, you've nailed it, man, right there. Yeah. Well, what, 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 what does the God want me to do? What, what's God's will for me? Well, Darren, you, you hit it. Well, obey him. You, you, when you, what you see in the word, obey it. It's, it's really, you hit it pretty good. It's not deep and profound. It's just, it comes down to obedience. Uh, one word I would jump on um, as we talk about what it means to live wisely, to live, to know the God's will, is the word intentional, to be intentional in the way we live. You know, Paul told us, told us to make the most of our time. What he was doing, he challenged us to take advantage of every opportunity we have to do good. That means in that sense of living life on purpose. Uh, most people just, I think a lot of times we just mindlessly approach life. Uh, just we have a to-do list. We check off without really thinking. The call here is to make the most of your time by living intentionally. And that begins with, uh, Darren, as you said, it begins with that obedience just right there. Well, and obedience is, is not, that's the thing that just kills me is that, you know, some people, I believe, even believers, it's like there's, I guess, people in the church that just feel like, oh, obedience sounds so, so oppressive. But when you really get to the heart of it, it's if you love Jesus, you will obey him. That's exactly what he says. And I think that's the thing is that we've just got to, you know, get to a point where we really, I mean, you know, in, I guess, maybe Western culture, maybe more so than other places, I don't know. But it's like getting back to this, you know, even in the verse, um, uh, I don't know if it's in six, it's in eight or nine, but it's talking about righteousness. It's in verse eight um, or nine, I'm sorry. The fruit of light consists of all goodness, and righteousness. I think we got to get back to this sense of holiness and, and reverence for God to where we're pursuing righteousness, not, not just kind of just, you know, dimming the light switch again, if you will, mm. um, that we really pursue yeah. righteousness with all we got. And, and it just, I mean, that to me is like, that's a significant element. I think we're, we're needing in Western church. And that's all I can, I can't, I can't think about anything else beyond Western churches. That's all I really know. But, you know, and then you think with that, Darren, uh, how we could help each other do that. That's why I need the church. I read this passage and go, yeah, I see what I need to do. But it sure is easier to do when someone is walking alongside me. I know God's Holy Spirit is in me. He's working in through me. He's empowering me. But he's also in that person he has placed right alongside me, whether it's in my Bible study group, uh, just another member of the church, that they, by the presence of God in them, God's using them to strengthen me to do this. Well, think about this. Think about how when Jesus sent the disciples out, like when he said, go and get the donkey for me to ride into Jerusalem, he sent them out two by two, right? Okay. Like there's this whole two by two thing, like when they went out and they went into the towns and everything. But that's why I love like what you're saying, Lynn, is that, you know, we need other people. I mean, Jesus didn't say, hey, you by yourself, go out and get the donkey and bring it back. You know, he sent two out together. And it's like, we're just so much better together in this, you know, with, in relation to this whole concept that we're talking about with this lesson. It's he, he, he sent them out in that fashion. And he, I think he wants the best of us, that 
for us today too, you know, that fellowship and companionship. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think if Jesus had sent me out by myself, I would have come back with a pony, a horse, <laughs> a great Dane, not, you know, I'm meaning well, but there would be, you know, Peter or, or Thaddeus or something. Hey, uh, Lynn, that's not a donkey. And again, that, I mean, I'm saying that jokingly, but that's why we're the church. We're there to help each other uh, to do that. In this past week, the church where I'm doing an interim pastor, we had a decision to make, and we were all got all excited about this one direction we were going on Monday. And I tell you, about Thursday and Friday, someone began to, hey, have we thought about this? And so it was that mutual getting together, pulling our minds, what God was teaching us, that we learned, no, that's not a donkey. This is the donkey. This is what we need to go after here. Uh, and, and once again, God put us together in a church for that reason. Hmm. When you look at the last section here of the, the passage we're studying, which is verses 18 through 21, and he talks about don't get drunk with wine, being filled with the Spirit. But I want you to hear all the one another's in this passage. Then again, this is how we grow in Christ and we're strengthened. But notice the one another's. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here it comes. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. As we submit, we help each other. You know, I'm, I'm helping you, you're helping me. And there's a sense of mutual submission. Humility, right? Sure. It really is. And um, a lot of the times, um, especially I think in our culture, we are not always comfortable with that idea of submitting to one another. We're good with someone submitting to us. But for us to say we're going to submit to one another, Lynn, your description of a, of a church-wide decision that was benefited by us all coming together, having conversations, looking at this is what we said initially, but what about this, um, brings together that idea of we, we've got to find ways to work together. We are really better together. Very true. Uh, if... Uh, that's the reason we get together for church. There's the only place where we're ever commanded to come together for church. The only place it doesn't command us to come together for Bible study, to come together to sing. It's do not give up meeting together, but encourage one another. Now, I do think we do encourage each other through our Bible study, through our worship together. But it's that sense of when we come together, we encourage each other. We help each other. All right. Well, let me ask you a question then. So flip, go to the flip side of that. I think it's easy to like be positive and encouraging and, and that kind of thing, especially if somebody's just, you know, going through a rough time, you want to encourage them. But how about the harder part of that where it's like, you know, again, we're supposed to edify each other. You know that the word is used for encouragement and also rebuking. But how, so how like when you think of like church discipline in the, in the scriptures and how they, they even manage the, the more difficult things like that, how, I mean, how do you guys see that in today's world and how we deal with like the tough situations? Like when you go to, you know, to a brother and, and you know that there's, there are definitely some things that are going on in their life that they, you know, they're not showing good fruit. How do you, how do you go about that without, cause especially in today's world where it's like everything, you know, the political correctness, it's like, well, I can't say anything to anybody because I can't, 
who am I to judge? And, and I, you know, I can't say anything to offend anybody, but like, how do you do that in, in a biblical way, in a healthy way to help? Because to me, that's where it's really helpful to people. Like when they're going off in the wrong direction and you want to step in and really you, you because of your love for them, you don't want them to go there, but you, how do you, you know, step in and in those kind of difficult times sure, to make sure. it. Yeah. I think relationship is the key. I think we develop these relationships in groups uh, so that when we have that kind of converse or need to have that kind of conversation, we're doing it because we've developed this relationship. We love the other person and we're, we're communicating uh, that, that depth of relationship and that we're, we are concerned for their well-being and for the well-being of the church, the well-being of the group. So I think the relational dynamic uh, comes into play. It does. And Paul said in the previous chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, he made a reference to speaking the truth in love. Hmm. And th that's critical. But uh, you, you got to put that layer of that relationship that Chris has talked about, that because I have a relationship with him that, that – should be grounded in love. Then when I speak the truth in love, they know I'm not just coming down on them because I think they're being a moron in that moment. They're being a you know jerk. They may be, but I come at it with grace. And uh, as you said, as Chris, as you said, because I love the other person. Now the other side of it is, will it be received that way? I mean, because if their heart is in the wrong place, if they're, if they're chasing rebellion, they're not going to receive it well, but I need to make sure that on my part, I'm doing what I can to strengthen the church by speaking truth in love. Yeah. But I think also too, I mean, I mean, I agree with the relationship part of it, but there was one time when I was, it was just, I first became a believer when I was about, it was about 30 years old. Um, that there was a girl that was working at our office. She was just a temporary secretary. Um, and you know, I was, you know, young my faith and I was had a lot of zeal and everything and she just like one day she's there for about a week but one day she just walked by my office she stopped and came back and, and she and somehow she knew that I was a believer but she stepped in and she's like I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you this and she told me what she told me and and it was kind of a gut check to me because it was something that was like not like just an encouragement but it was like it basically is pride oriented and and so you know it, it, it in that moment and she did it with grace she did it with humility and I could tell she was sincere about it and but it took a while for me to really let that sink in. But it was a word from the Lord that was challenging to me um, that was from somebody I hardly even knew. And so I think there's another element to it too, where it's like, you know, sometimes when the spirit prompts, I mean, you got to speak into somebody's life. But again, it's like you're saying, Lynn, like it's, it's all about the attitude in your heart. Do you care about that person and their well-being and their future and, and doing this in love? And if you do, then it'll, it'll, it'll be it'll come across in the right way. And I think they would, people will receive it. But even though I didn't necessarily receive it well at that, in that moment, after time it sunk in and it's like, she was right. You know, and that was, that was from the Lord. You know, we talked earlier about the importance of, of, of obedience. It's not just obedience to what the word says. It's obedience to the leadership of the Holy spirit. Um, mm. It's being filled with his spirit. And when he prompts us, uh, we we understand what that is and we go with it. We know it even even if it stretches us or causes us to to say or do something that's outside of our comfort zone. We need to understand how God works in our lives, how the Holy Spirit works. We need to understand 
how he speaks and when he is speaking to us so that we immediately respond in obedience to him, which sounds like this young lady did and was of benefit to you. So uh, yeah. just don't, don't lose sight of obedience to the prompting of the spirit. Yeah. Okay, thank you for listening to our podcast today. Though Many of you do this on a regular basis, and we really appreciate that. We're glad that you've had a chance to not just hear from me and Lynn, but to hear from our friend Darren and uh, come back and be with us next week. Darren will be with us again. Uh, one of the things we try to do with every one of our podcasts is to provide some tips to those of you who are uh, leading groups or who facilitate groups, and Lynn has a uh, – something that maybe will help you uh, with your group this week. Uh, yeah, thanks, Chris. We are, of course, we're wrapping up uh, this study out of Ephesians called Why Do I Need the Church? So what I want to look for, I'm looking toward to what's the next study going to be? And uh, coming into the fall, we're going to be, actually, it's a great study called A Man After God's Own, uh, Man After God's Own Heart a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. So what we're doing is, during that six-week Bible study, we're actually going to look at the Ten Commandments. But what we're going to do is we're going to take the Ten Commandments and put them alongside the life and writings of David. Because David is a great example of some of these and some of his Psalms about putting the Lord first. But you also see in David's life, there's some moments where he did not follow. He was not obedient to the Ten Commandments. So we're going to show the good and the bad as an example. Now, the reason I'm telling you that is now is be preparing your the people in your group about this study. One thing you can do to promote this, say, hey, guys, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be in this study. We have provided, Bible Studies for Life has provided a 60-second promotional video. To, to, it leads right into the study about a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. It's, uh, it's, it's just available. You can go online. You'll often hear us reference our, our, our website, our blog site, BibleStudiesForLife.com slash Adult Extra. And you can see there on the side of when you go to Extra, uh, a reference to uh, well, sermons that Chris does. Uh, there's also just some, some free videos there. It's a, it's a 60 second video and you're free to post that wherever you want. Uh, what I think is a great idea is to grab that video, put it in an email or put it in a text that you send to your group members with this note. Hey, I want you to see what's coming up and get them kind of interested in doing this study uh, of the fresh look at the Ten Commandments. Just a quick tip for you there. I appreciate that, Lynn. Thanks for sharing that, uh, especially because the new unit starts uh, the week uh, weekend of Labor Day. Uh, it may be especially helpful to have a video prompt and a reminder uh, for those folks that may not be there the first week. So just keep that in mind uh, as, a, as a group leader. Darren, thanks for hanging out with us and sharing in this podcast today. You're welcome. And we look forward to talking with you and hearing from you next week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And I hope that we, uh, will, you will join us next week.